0: Hello and welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, a business coach and money mentor to the busy business mom looking to find more confidence, clarity and calm amid this crazy thing we call life. Now, once you're done listening here, be sure to head on over to my socials at clairemarquick.reignite and let me know what you've loved about this episode. But right now, let's get into it. Before we do, just a disclaimer on this episode, Nat and I do talk about finances and how to structure our finances, but I want you to take this as general educational content. Please do not take anything that we talk about in this episode as specific financial advice. And I would absolutely recommend running this past your accountant, your bookkeeper, your financial advisor, your trusted professionals before making any changes to how you organize your money in either your business or your personal life. Alrighty, that's out of the way. Now let's get into it. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Real Life Business Podcast. I am really excited to have my guest Natalie War with me this week for a blend of real talk and money talk, two of my favorite things. Now, Natalie is a mum of two young boys who lives in Townsville in northern Queensland in Australia. She's been a chartered accountant for nearly 20 years and has worked across a variety of sectors and roles in that time. After having kids, she transitioned from the nine to five and studied integrative health and life coaching and now runs two businesses, one focusing on changing lives and creating abundance through health, wellness and low-tox living, and the other as a money mentor and profit strategist, helping female entrepreneurs take control of their cash and create understanding around their finances so they're able to build sustainable, profitable businesses with a whole bunch less stress. A woman after my own heart. Natalie, welcome.
1: Thanks Claire, thanks for having me.
0: So let's start off, I love hearing these stories. Let's start off with chatting a bit more about your transition from employee to entrepreneur. What was it for you? What was that moment that you kind of went, you know what, it's time for me to do something different?
1: Yeah, that would probably be kids Um, (laughs) as I'm sure that happens with a lot A lot of people. Uh, Having kids kind of turns your life upside down and changes your whole world, how you look at things, how you approach things. So um, originally it was, yep, I had my two boys and staying at home was just a thing. And then I realized I didn't actually want to go back to the nine to five. So Mm. um, finding something that worked around that and worked around what I wanted to do rather than what I needed to do was really important. So
0: I'd say that. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm very much, I was very much the same. Everything was okay after Kai, our eldest, you know, I went back to work and everything was fine. Yeah, we were lucky. He was a really good baby, slept well. So um, everything just kind of ticked back into place. But then it was after our second son was born that I was like, hmm, I don't know that I want to keep doing this. You know, I, he, I put him in daycare much younger um and so he just still felt like such a little baby and I'm like you, you just start to question don't you like is this really what I want to be doing for the next 40 50 years of my life or whatever
1: yeah and I had my two boys fairly close together so I didn't even go back in the middle so I had a longer stint away and just transitioning trying to get back into that rhythm and routine um, was just yeah I, I quite enjoy not doing the nine to five so yeah I something that would worked for me in that regard.
0: Absolutely, and and I'm imagining I'm just I'm totally putting words in your mouth here. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining because you were thinking, okay, well, what can I do if I don't want to go back and do the nine to five? You were probably in the same headspace as me in that. Well, I'm not a stay home mum. Like I want to do something. I want to contribute to the family somehow. I want to. I want to the family finances. I should say because that's not saying that stay home mums don't contribute to the family. Please don't send me messages. I take that back. But, but you know like we I certainly had that desire that I wanted to do something I I needed to work I needed to feel like I, I had a purpose like I felt like I had something to do but yeah I didn't I didn't exactly know what that was at the start was that similar for you?
1: Yeah and I think I, I won't say I fell into it but my youngest son he had um, a lot of skin issues when he was born and so that sort of threw me down the path of like while my life has been predominantly finance related, um, I sort of grew up with, um, I grew up with a mum who was very environmentally aware, you know, we had an organics business when I was a kid. Um, and so I grew up with that sort of mindset around. And so that sort of led me more towards the integrative health and nutrition and really looking at environmental stuff. And so I started doing a bit of life coaching and low tox coaching and then moved into the life coaching space there. And as I did that for a few years, I found that a lot of the areas that people were having trouble with were finances. And I was naturally drawn to talking about that. And so I went, well, you know, I can do this as part of my coaching, help people with that side of things. And that's where I've moved more into the money mentoring side of things um, these days. So it was it's a good transition to, to have had.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that we were able to connect because my journey has been so similar or well, in, in some ways, you know, I, I've, I've talked about it before on this show. You know, when, I, when I left my last accounting role, my last accounting and finance role, I closed the door on numbers. I was like, that is it. I am done with numbers. Like there is more to life than numbers and I'm over it. And it's really funny over the years and sort of as my business has developed and just morphed and changed as it does as entrepreneurs, we can kind of do whatever we want. I'm coming back to the numbers. And it's funny, like, you know, this there's probably people listening in that can can sort of resonate with this. Like we'll put a meaning to something and we can find that we've shut off so many opportunities. Like for me, it was, okay, I don't want to do numbers anymore. Um, I'm done with numbers. Well, actually what I was done with was compliance work and tax work and um, best lodgements and the transactional historical stuff. Whereas what lit me up and what I love helping people with now is looking forwards and how we can, get less feel less intimidated by our numbers and use that information to help us be the even more kick-ass entrepreneur that that we know we are deep down you know and you're nodding furiously so I can totally I totally know you understand what I'm saying yeah you had me at compliance Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, talk me through because, again, so this I'm, I don't want this to turn into the Claire show, but I know for me, even as a, even as an accountant, even with someone with finance backing, business backing, there have still been a lot of lessons along the way in how I manage my own money and how I um, organize things in my own business. Was that a smooth transition for you coming from the background that you had? Were you like all over, you know, your business setup up straight away or have you still sort of made little faux pas and changed things along the way?
1: I still make changes, uh, obviously, because businesses are not a stagnant being, you know. They move and they flow and they're subject to external influences and internal influences and things change. So I'm constantly making changes to the way that I look at my business. I do have an overall structure that I follow, um and it helps you sort of bring yourself back into line and gives you a framework to sort of look at your business so that you know you don't go off on a tangent because that is so easy to do um oh, yeah. particularly for myself so um yeah I'm constantly evolving <laughs> when it comes to my business and learning like there's so much good information out there now that you can and people to talk to and mentors and stuff like that so yeah definitely still growing and involving uh, myself but yeah I um when you, when you said that's the compliance and all the bookkeeping and that sort of stuff, I, that was what my transition looked like as well. And I went, okay, I can do this and I love numbers and all that sort of stuff, but I don't want to be involved in all that that side of stuff. I want to look at the strategy. I want to look forward. I want, help, want to help people grow their business and move it forward and understand because um, not everyone has an accounting background. So, you know, numbers aren't fun for everyone.
0: Exactly. And, and that's, what, it's, it's really funny. Um, I've, I've noticed that there's so much stuff I take for granted, even, even between like my husband and I, cause he runs his own business as well. And, you know, I'll be doing something. I don't know, like, you know, I, I transferred 10% of his, you know, invoices out and put it in a GST account, for example. And he comes and he asks, and he's like, what, what's this? What'd you do that for? I was like, oh, that's your GST transfer. And he was like, my what? And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, right. Well, now you're earning over a certain amount. You've got to be registered for GST. And you sort of, you just forget, don't you? Like we we sort of forget what we know and forget how intimidating that is for those that don't know as well. Yeah. 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 And I
1: think it helps to bring a slightly simplified look, but more just help people. The more people understand how their finances are working. The more they can enjoy it, the more they'll want to look at it because it's such an integral part of the success of your business. So,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. I think, and it's not saying that everyone has to go out and get accounting degrees, is it? By any no. means. I mean, you, we can, we can shamelessly name drop. You use the profit first system. I've spoken about the profit first system before. Um, absolutely love it. Go check out the book. Go follow Nat's page if you're interested in finding out more. Um, Talk to me about um, talk to me about your your philosophy. How you like to work with people? How you like to make the the numbers side of business less intimidating?
1: I think it all comes down to creating a real awareness around um, what's going on with your finances. So, so many people, they just get their money coming in um, and then they their money goes out. And at the end of the day, they look at the bank and go, oh, I don't have any cash there. And then they go back to their financial statements and go, yeah, but I made a profit of, mm. you know, this much money. Where's all my cash gone? Not having that awareness means it's really, really difficult to work out uh, where you can spend your money and um, it, it just, yeah, it just makes running your business successfully really tricky, especially going into the future. So um, I like to work with people to begin to create that awareness, to break it down into sort of real, chunky steps to start with. And then we refine it as we go, as we become familiar with how our businesses work on a daily basis, on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis, even um, you chunk it down into those steps. And then you can start to see the patterns and you can start to see where your business needs work. Because um, it's not a you know quick fix done overnight with your finances. It is a, it's a learn and grow
0: process absolutely absolutely and i was having this conversation with my hubby just the other day as we were unpacking the dishwasher cuz he's, he's an electrician and his business goes through um goes through seasonal waves um goes mm-hmm. through ups and downs as most most businesses do that's let's be quite honest and um you know we were talking about it a lot more confidently because we know that the start of winter is always a blip is is always a always a down for for his business and it will always pick up again um so it's like okay we're down at the moment um but you know we've got xyz in place to 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 ride that and um you know we know we'll come out the other side what what tips can you share for people? Because income inconsistencies, income fluctuations are a massive part of um, a massive issue with being in business, aren't they? It's not like we're getting our fortnightly wage each week. So how can we better manage our income fluctuations?
1: Yeah, income um, inconsistencies is huge. And it's not just you know, one industry or one type of business. As you said, electricians. My hobby's in real estate. So that's another one. Um, and then there's, you know, anyone who runs courses and does launches and stuff. So there's internal, again, you know, there's personal influences that surround that. And then there's all of your external economic influence as well. And so there's ones that you can control and ones that you can't. So um, there are one of the strategies that I like to use, and this is we're going to go back to sort of bank balance accounting is, you know, if say you're an online entrepreneur who um, has a course that they run and they do a launch, you know, at the start of the quarter, you know that some people are going to pay with a payment plan um, and that is going to give you consistency of income. So that's good. But there are people who are going to pay up front and you're mm-hmm. going to have a whole load of cash coming to your bank account in one go. And it's what you choose to do with that cash that uh, creates, you know, it's either going to be, you might go, when you get that money in, you know, that's a great feeling. but then it's in your bank account and all you want to do is spend it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is where you get distracted by shiny objects or you go, yes, I can, you know, I can go and get that, I don't know, computer that I've been looking at or, you know, you can you go and spend it. And then you realize that later on down the track, you've already been paid for the work that you're going to do and there's not any more money coming in in these months and so then you experience a low income month so dealing with that initial influx of income um, when it comes in is really important to do it in such a way that you can sort of um, smooth out those inconsistencies I guess Drip feed it
0: almost. Um, You
1: drip feed it, exactly. And yeah, yeah, within Profit First, we actually have an account that you can set up called a drip account. And so what you do is you put aside some of that cash that comes in, in one point in time, and then you can drip it into your business in the following months in order to maintain that income consistency so that you're not dealing with those ebbs and flows and you know that you have enough money coming in for those expenses in the future months. Um, So that's one way that you can do it.
0: Yeah, it's so it's so, and this is one of those. um, This is one of those examples where you know I almost feel embarrassed to say it out loud. But you know, I have done that even with all my sort of fifteen years' experience in the accounting and finance world, with you know setting setting my business up, managing my money. I have fallen into that trap. You know, been paid for a six month six month. worth of work in one hit. It just so happened that the time that that money came in coincided with another big family bill that we had. Um, And we, we used the money and and paid for that. And then it's like, Oh shit. (laughs) But I mean, I'm sharing that not, not to, not to make me seem like a lesser person. I'm sharing that to be real, because I think, I think that's another really great lesson for people, isn't it? That like, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to have it perfect. And we, we can't beat ourselves up just because we've made a mistake or, or whatever the importance is learning from it, isn't
1: it? Yeah. And having that awareness that, you know, life does happen. So um, another way that you can help with that is having an emergency fund. And I'm sure everyone's heard like recently about the importance of emergency funds because that is, that really comes into play Uh, when things outside of your control happen and it interrupts the normal ebb and flow of your business. So businesses whose um, income either drops off a small amount or, you know, disappears altogether, which, you know, I know that some people have had recently. And so having that emergency fund there, again, allows you to drip feed into your business if you need to um, so that it doesn't disrupt it and allows you to continue on and either make the changes that you need to to continue um, or make important financial decisions um, regarding the future of your business. So, yeah, yeah how would um, you
0: How would you advise someone to establish a um, an emergency fund? How much money does someone need in an emergency fund? Oh, how long is a piece long, of string? Uh, question, yeah, perhaps. Just, how long
1: is a piece of string? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you're like know, you know, when you go fishing, you know, this much. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, look it. This is having, again, coming back to awareness, um, it's really, really important to know what your uh, commitments are when it comes to your business. So Mm -hmm. taking a really hard look at your expenses, your necessary expenses, your nice to have expenses, um, not just your expenses, but the other things like loan repayments and all those other costs, all those other cash costs that come out of your business. And this is where, you know, looking at your financial statements can be a little bit misleading when it comes to knowing what you require to run your business. Mm. Because if you're just looking at the money, the in- income on your statement and looking at the expenses on your statement and go, oh, I need this much money, you're discounting anything else that's flowing out in relation to, say, loan yeah, loan repayments or any assets and stuff that you purchase. So. This is where really being aware of where the money is flowing and the cash is flowing is really important. And that is would be your first step when determining how much you need for your emergency fund and wanting to know how long you're going to need that to last. So you need to look at a how much question and a how long question.
0: Mm. And it's, so it's really going to be one of those things that it, it it totally is going to depend on your own business and your own situation, mm-hmm. isn't it? And so the 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 advice there is... Start to understand, start to grow your understanding of how often your money comes in your cash comes in and how often your cash comes out let's let's talk about that, let's talk about that because that's that's a massive difference isn't it Income on our financial statements and cash in our bank account is very very different. Um, I know um, this is something that oh gosh, over my years of compliance i've had so many conversations around it it's like well if i've made $20,000 in profit, why isn't there $20,000 in my bank account? <laughs> yep. And the a-
1: accounting in me, um, look, and the accountant in me really struggled to start with, with the concept between moving from focusing on financial statements and all that sort of more reactive stuff and what's happened in the past. To looking at cash and and that sort of stuff, which is very proactive and looking at what you can do. So uh, that yeah, that has definitely been a bit of a journey for me, um, moving more into this space. But yeah, I. It, so much more exciting (laughs) because
0: we can do something with it can't we like as you said before it's proactive it's not looking backwards it's not it's not crunching the numbers and producing a tax return and producing financial statements for the 12 months that has just passed you know what do you do with that I mean yes you can use that to build a little bit of an understanding of how your business is growing and we can talk about that at the moment the different in a moment the different things we have to think about as our business grows but um yeah, it, it's, it's knowing what we can afford. A lot of conversations I've been having with people lately is like they just feel almost so powerless because it's like, well, I know my business is ticking over, but how much can I actually afford? Like what can I actually afford to spend and what do I have to keep for my obligation, to pay my obligations that are coming up and things? So I think um, awareness around that and helping people um, with that kind of information is so valuable and so important, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. And if I was to say to you, um, if you had something that you really wanted to purchase right now, what's the first thing that you would do to go and see if you could afford it?
0: Well, in my in my case, it would be: is it a business item or is it a personal item? Because that would depend which bank account I go and look at. <laughs> And then I go and look at the bank balance in that account. So if it were a pair of shoes, I'd go look at my Claire's money, my Treats account. And if I've got the money in there, I go buy it. If it's a, um, you know, a 12-month subscription to a new podcast platform, I go to my Reignite expenses. How much money have I got in there? Right, have I got enough? No. Okay, have I got enough? Yes. And it's that simple.
1: Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. You go to your bank account. You go go to your financial statements for the last... You know year or month and go, Oh, I've earned this much money and I've got, you know, I've spent this much money and I've got this much profit. You go to your bank account and go, Oh, do I have enough money? Yeah. And that's where you can fall into the trap because if you haven't allowed for the fact that you've had a big influx of cash just now and you might still need that money later, then you're going to um, struggle going forward. But if you are following a sort of a, a good system in order to allocate that cash and you know that that cash is available for you to spend then yeah go to that bank account and yep you can spend it
0: i love it i love it i love it what are some of the things that you've seen through your experience we we were talking about it earlier i was like what do we what do we call them do we call them mistakes what are the, some of the things that that you can you can Help people have awareness of. So for someone who's listening to this going, right, I've heard Claire talking about buckets before and different bank accounts. Now Natalie's on here talking about this as well. This is obviously something I need to, to, to look into. This is obviously something I need to think about. Um What are some of the things that people need to be thinking about, that people need to be paying attention to, that people need to be mindful of, I guess, um, when transitioning into sort of what we've been calling bank account accounting?
1: Yeah, and I think when you just mentioned there, you would go to look at your personal bank account versus your business bank account. Um, That's kind of a really key first step. Um, financial systems set up type things. So making sure that you're separating your business finances from your personal finances and not using your business as a personal spending account. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real mentality shift there too. It, you know, if you're starting a business and you're still mixing all those sorts of things, it's really hard to, um, I wasn't, wasn't going to say take your business seriously, but separating them out is a really good step mentally to say, yep, this is, you know, this is a serious business. This or it is a business. It isn't my personal stuff. Um, but not only that, it does help keep track of your expenses, your business expenses, so that you know what you're doing and they're not all mixed up with personal stuff. The mm-hmm. uh, tax man, woman, Person doesn't like (laughs) expenses all mixed together. Um, So from that perspective and an audit trail perspective for your business as well, keeping those totally separate, absolutely first step to do uh, would be to separate those business bank accounts.
0: Mm. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Because there'll be a lot of people listening to this who are um, trading as sole traders. So um, I get breaking that down even more simply. What we mean by that is literally: you've gone, you've applied for an ABN and maybe a business name, and you know you've set up a website or whatever, and you're trading. You're you're running your business. You know you're not you're not operating through a company, you're not operating through a trust, you're not operating through any kind of partnership, any kind of structure. You are yourself, and so in that regard, you you technically could have one bank account that all your business expenses go um, come out of all your business money goes into and you know you pay for your groceries and stuff for your kids and everything like you don't there's no requirement to have a separate bank account is there but what you're saying and I 110% agree have a separate bank account have two personal bank accounts well no have a lot more than that and we can talk about that but <laughs> at least <laughs> At least have two so that even though you can technically, legally dip into your business and pull out um, drawings, as it's referred to, still treat it like it's wages, I guess. Uh, I think, is that what you're sort of saying from, from that? You know, don't just use your business account as your free spending account sort of thing.
1: Yes, definitely. Do not use your business account as your free spending account. It actually is a really good indication. If you find that that is something that you are doing, it's a really good indication of how much you probably need to be paying yourself. Um, and that's another sort of trap, I guess, that a lot of business owners fall into and it's not paying themselves either what they need or what they are worth to their business. So uh, looking at that as a first step to find out what you can pay yourself or what you, what you want to pay yourself, um, that's a really good spot to start. Um, looking at, so there's a couple of things you can look at there, which is either how much would it cost if you had to pay someone to do your job? Because essentially when you're starting a business or when you're especially a sole trader, you know, you're the most important employee in your business. So if you needed to pay someone else to do your job, how much would you need to pay them? And is there any reason to be selling yourself short?
0: Mm. 100%. 100%. What would you say then if someone's response to that was, yeah, but I'm only just getting started. I don't have the money to pay myself $80,000 a year salary, for example, or $100,000 a year salary or whatever it might be right now. How do, you, how do you address that?
1: Yeah. And that's a case of starting slow. You always have to start somewhere. So we don't, if, if paying yourself how much you need um, in the first instance isn't uh, a viable business You know, proposal, then yeah, you have to start slow. So you break it down, you know, even if you just start paying yourself 2% of the income coming in, it's getting into that financial habit of allocating yourself money and giving that money a purpose uh, Mm -hmm. within your business and saying, no, this is my money and putting it aside. um, That's really important. And it's establishing those um, healthy habits. Um, You know, talk about um, health and wellness and all that sort of stuff. It's all about habits everything's about daily habits so yeah getting into that um that daily um weekly monthly sort of routine and knowing that that is what you're going to pay yourself and then as your business grows then you can start to up that percentage
0: yeah yeah. I think that is so important, isn't it? And that was one of the, again, that was one of the lessons that I had to sort of reteach myself when I went from employee to entrepreneur. So as an employee, I had my, my monthly paycheck would come in. It was the exact same amount every single month. And we knew how much of that we needed in our sort of family bucket to pay the groceries and the, the mortgage and all of that sort of stuff. So we knew that we could allocate a set dollar amount each month into various different savings accounts or various different buckets as I like to call them. Um, But then when I switched to, we both switched to working for ourselves. I was like, well, we can't do that anymore. Like we can't afford to do that right at the start with both of us growing our businesses. So um, we had to kind of figure out another way of doing it because as you say, like, that is a habit. And we didn't want to break that habit. Um, and but this is before I'd even discovered profit first. And, and so we switched to a percentage. It's like, okay, I can't afford to put $500 a month into that account anymore, but I, let's, let's just make a rule that I'm going to put 5%. So 5% of whatever money I bring in this month, even if that's just a hundred bucks. And so it's five bucks. It's keeping the habit, isn't it? That's the really important thing.
1: Yeah, and then it's coming back to your awareness of your expenses and what you need to spend versus what you want to spend, and making sure that that five percent, I guess, is going to cover what you need it to.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what other um, what other advice could you give people listening in? Who, um, you know, what other things might they need to be aware of? So, we've talked about um, we've talked about splitting off our personal and our business. Finances. We've talked about having an awareness of how our money comes in, and we've talked about having an awareness of what money comes out, what cash comes out, Mm -hmm. um, because that's not just the expenses that appear on our profit and loss statement. What other things um, might people, could people sort of pay attention to and start to get a bit of better understanding about?
1: You mentioned it earlier, and that was um, when you transitioned your GST money out of your husband's account and put it across to the side. So being really aware of money that isn't yours. Mm. (laughs) I like to think of money, of GST not being my money. So as soon as that money comes in, it goes out and it goes into a bank account ready to pass on to the person who owns that money, which means that when it comes time to lodge your BAS, you're not scrounging for the cash because you've already put the money that you owe aside. Um, So when it comes to GST or even and tax, Making sure that as you're earning your income, you are keeping some tax aside because especially now we're coming up to end of financial year. People are going to go to their accountant, which is, you know, like going to your dentist, and <laughs> they are going to quite likely get a tax bill and then they're going to have to find the cash for that. But mm. they've already spent the money that they earned in relation to that, that, tax tax debt, that they've got to pay. Yeah. Yep. But if you're keeping some of that money aside as you go, then when tax time comes you're prepped for it you're ready to go you can just hand you can hand it over and it's done so um, yeah. that takes so much stress out of the end of financial year it also you and then you can keep it on track you know and then when it comes maybe you kept too much aside great you can exactly. either keep it and, yeah, you can either keep it for that or you get a bonus or you can allocate it to somewhere else you know if you've got expenses or something that you wanted to save up for you can put in there you put it in your emergency fund and really give that a bump um, so there is no downside to holding back tax. It just means that you're holding it back as you go. Again, small portions if you have to, to start with. It's just it's going to make a dent in it at the end of the year, even if you don't hold enough back. But if you can work up to um, a good percentage of your income coming and in, coming in that you're putting aside for taxes, then it takes out all that stress at that time of year.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that how much people put aside for GST is is obvious. It's 10%. GST is a flat rate that doesn't um, um, doesn't change. Tax is a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Because it depends on so many things. How we're operating our business. Are we a sole trader? Are we a company? Are we operating through a trust or a partnership? How much money we're making? And that's where sitting down with um, someone like yourself um, can help to um can help to work out those percentages can't we like what might we need to um what might we need to set aside as you say yeah like we can't escape the tax bill at the end of the year if we're making money we're going to have tax to pay we can't hide from that um so let's not stick our heads in the sand and deal with it come july each year let's let's be proactive and deal with it throughout the year i think that's um and that's yeah, super valuable advice
1: absolutely and yeah and you're right you know if you are making money you're going to have tax to pay and it's a good way to look at it tax is not necessarily a negative thing because if you're not making any money you don't have to pay any tax so exactly, yeah, definitely, definitely putting that um that money aside as you go and it, yeah you're right every single business is different so you need to you just monitor it as you go it's Again, the importance of awareness, knowing what your business is doing, knowing if you've had a really quiet year, you might not need as much tax and yes, whether you're a sole trader company that will also vary as well so yeah,
0: yeah very individualist we we consider um, my hubby and i we consider our tax accounts as like forced savings if you like you know we put it in there and then uh you know our quarterly installments come around we pay it and as you say if there's money left over at the end of the year that go, it goes into our like a christmas bucket or something you know like a, to to a little christmas buffer and so you know we've got we've got so many bank accounts again my um, hubby just asked me at breakfast time a morning he's like remind me why that account i've got an account for that and an account for that again why can't they just be one i'm like simplicity you just look at it and you know that's how much you spend in that place from that account
1: yeah and it's giving that money a purpose so yeah you have that bank account name that bank account exactly what it's for you got a tax account name it tags you got a. Um, a pay account, name it for pay expenses, name it that. And that way your money has a purpose. And so you know exactly what you need to do
0: with it. Yeah. So good. So good. Are there different things that we need to be thinking about as our business grows? Like we spoke, you spoke a little bit ago about when we were in those very early stages the, the important thing at that stage is getting into healthy habits, healthy financial habits, and you know not being distracted by the shiny things and going all out and paying massive subscriptions for things before we need them and things like that. Again, guilty. <laughs> 100% putting my hand up. You get so carried away. I need this. I need that. I've got to invest in this and that. And we go crazy before we've even earned any money. But let's say now our business is growing. Um, We've been in business, you know, um, three, four, five years, we're established. We've got regular amounts ticking over. Are there different things that we need to be thinking about at that stage than at the start?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think when it first starts, you know, you just, you're trying what works. um, But as you grow, you know that, you know that you're going to grow. So you need to start putting in um, measures in place to help you grow. So You're going to move maybe from, you know, a solopreneur to someone who needs to employ people um, in order to get more of that, you know, take on some of that workload. So you want to plan towards knowing how much you're going to need for those extra people. Um, You're going to need to your tech. So, you know, I'm by no means a tech person and you can spend hours trying to work out what tech you need or do I need this? Do I need that? Do I need the all in one type thing? But it's making sure you know what you do need and what those monthly costs are going to be based on your growth, because some things are based around how you grow. So, you know, uh, when you start out small, you can have the free stuff, but then as you grow and you get more people and stuff like that, then you need the bigger plans and the bigger plans. So, Mm. um, by having, having a strategy in place and knowing how you're growing and what you're expecting. Um, You can then start to look at your expenses that you're going to incur and you can start to, you know, work out how much income you need to cover those things. And then you can start to adjust your percentages that you're putting in all your, in your bank accounts um, to take account of all of that as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, yeah, being aware and planning.
0: I love it. And that's what I love about that's what i love about this system this this bank account accounting because you've got you've got the framework set, like it is in place, you know, once, once you've sat down and done the initial sort of review and analysis and worked out what your percentages need to be, it's, it's a really simple task of that money that comes in the very top income bucket drips out into all your sort of other buckets per your percentages. And if, like you say, you find, um, you know, like, I don't know, a subscription to your tech package, Um, you need to go up to the next one because your business is growing and you've got too many leads coming in or whatever that might be. Um, That's going to cost you an extra... Hundred bucks a month or whatever it is, so you can then reverse engineer. It's like, well, if 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 my expenses are going to go up by five hundred bucks a month, for example, how much does my income need to go up by? Because you've got all the percentages worked out, and you can you can then set a plan for it, can't you? It's not like you can click your fingers and magically have the money come out of thin air, but you've got the certainty, and you know exactly what it is you need to do. Um, and that's what I love about it. I don't know about you, but I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. It, it's it's the certainty and the clarity.
1: Yeah, and less stress because by yeah. that, oh, it is so much better if you know that you've got something, you know, you've got expenses that you need to pay and the money is there. To just have that money there and just pay it feels really good.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's- it certainly does. It certainly does. We finally, like, yeah, you know, I, I manage it very carefully. We always had a, we always had a credit card purely for the flyby's points. Um, so we paid it off every month. But it was just one of those final things that griped me. I was like, we have to get rid of this credit card. Because although you know it, we weren't incurring debt, um, we were paying it off every month, it was still delayed and it was staggered because the credit card bill related to sort of the income that we were earning. A month and a half ago, kind of thing. And, you know, so there was always that thing about um, paying it and stuff. So I'm like, today, it was just this morning. I'm like, onto NAB. I'm like, I'm going to close this account. Paid it off because the money was there in the buckets. And it's like, it's gone. And I have that just feels amazing.
1: <laughs> you do the ceremonial cutting of the card now.
0: We'll be doing that later <laughs> over a bottle of red. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Natalie, this has been a really fabulous conversation. And as as I said at the start, you know, a woman after my own heart, you know, I I love talking about money and feeling more empowered, how we can help women and how we can help more female entrepreneurs feel more empowered about their money. So this, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. If people want to um, connect with you, find out more about what you do and how you can help, um, how you can help bring the profit first system into their businesses, where can they find you?
1: Probably the best spot uh, these days is Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook account or Instagram. So I'm sure you've got some show notes or something you can direct people through there. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so that's probably the best spot there and they can reach out to me via those means.
0: Fabulous. Sounds good. I will put them in the show notes so anyone who is interested can connect super simply. (laughs) Thank you so much. It has been a fabulous conversation. Thank you very much for having me, Claire. And that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much to Nat for that conversation. If you hadn't already realized, I do get such a buzz from geeking out and talking about money. And I never thought I would actually hear myself say that. You know, when I when I shut the doors on my accounting career, I thought I honestly thought that was it for money. But what's really come into my awareness lately is the need for. I'm going to call it financial empowerment for education and awareness about how to feel more in control of our money, how to feel like we are the custodians of our money like we know what to do with our money like we're confident in our business and how we operate our business but and being confident with our numbers too and that doesn't mean going out and getting an accounting degree it just means having a high level understanding of the bits of it that matter and I think that ties really nicely into my first takeaway from from my conversation with Natalie in as much as we need to start to build awareness we can't sit with our head in the sand. Um, um, we can't just wait for each quarter or each year when we go to our accountant and lodge our bass or lodge our tax to look at our numbers. That is not going to give us empowerment. That is not going to make us the fierce female entrepreneurs that we are. We need to know what cash comes into our business and what cash comes out of our business and we need to understand the differences between the expenses that we see on our zero reports and the cash that comes out of our bank account because they are two very very different things and um, that's something I'm very passionate about um, increasing the education around as well. Something else that I think is really important and I love how um, Nat brought it up in this episode is it the importance of having healthy habits. You might have seen um, just recently I did a Facebook post on how we're train, tra- training, how we're teaching our kids to have healthy money habits. And it starts by simply not spending everything that comes in, putting aside l- Percentages, putting aside bits of the income that come in for a rainy day, for our GST bill, for our tax bill, for annual subscriptions. It's having awareness of the what comes in and the what comes out. And then again, and not putting our head in the sand, having the habits set up so that we know that we are dripping into each of the buckets and that when those bills come around, we're going to have money to pay them. And I think the, That ties really nicely into the third thing, which, you know, you're going to hear me banging on a lot more about, um, in the coming months is having a system, having a system to help us easily manage our money and be able to make decisions is absolutely paramount in business. Now, Natalie is a certified profit first professional. You've heard me talking about the profit first book before. So if that's something you're keen to find out some more about, I would encourage you to go and connect with her, go follow her Facebook or Instagram's pages and check it out. I think for me, having a system is the most important thing. And I cannot stress enough. Even coming from an accounting background with an accounting degree, having worked in the accounting and finance field for over 15 years, I cannot stress how much easier and simpler it is to have a bank account-based system, where for you have bank accounts for specific purposes, and they are um, they are your metric by whether what by what you can afford and what you can't afford. So. Personally, for me, even with the training, the knowledge and the expertise, I still find that's the easiest way and it's the simplest way that I can manage my money in my business. Alrighty then, that is it from me for this week. A final word before I wrap up, please remember that the content of this conversation is designed to be general in nature. It is not specific financial advice and you are advised to go and talk things through with your accountant or finance professionals before changing anything about how you manage your money. Righto, I will be back in your ears next week. See you then, bye-bye. You have been listening to the Real Life Business Podcast with me, Claire Marquick, bringing confidence, clarity, and calm to the busy mum in business. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. It is much appreciated and I love to connect with you. I love to hear what you think and what you take away from these conversations. So what would be awesome for you to do right now is take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode from and share it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at ClareMarkwick_Reignite. And let's share this real-life business message. Let's share this message that we can have the business that we want, the lifestyle that we want, and it doesn't have to drive us crazy in the process. I will be back in your ears really soon, and until then, bye-bye.